Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Morning, it's Monday, October 8th. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky de Oliveira. And I'm Japheth de Oliveira. And uh, glad to be able to pray for today and uh, for all that we're going to process as well. Um, Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for today. Thank you for all that you've called us to. Lord, it's a, it's a privilege to belong to the family. It's a privilege to know that it's by your grace that you've called us into this space. God, I ask that uh, we consider this this moment in time and uh, maybe take the, this privilege to a new space. Um, give us your wisdom as we look at this passage again. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I am reading today from the New Living Translation, Romans chapter 11, the entire thing, verses 1 through 36. Subtitle, God's Mercy on Israel. I ask then, has God rejected his own people, the nation of Israel? Of course not. I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. No, God has not rejected his own people, whom he chose from the very beginning. Do you realize what the scriptures say about this? Elijah the prophet complained to God about the people of Israel and said, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. And do you remember God's reply? He said, No, I have 7,000 others who have never bowed down to Baal. It is the same today, for few of the people of Israel have remained faithful because of God's grace, His undeserved kindness in choosing them. And since it is through God's kindness, then it is not by their own good works. For in that case, God's grace would not be what it really is, free and undeserved. So this is the situation. Most of the people of Israel have not found the favor of God they are looking for so earnestly. A few have, the ones God has chosen, but the hearts of the rest were hardened. As the scriptures say, God has put them into a deep sleep. To this day, he has shut their eyes so that they do not see and closed their ears so they do not hear. Likewise, David said, let their bountiful table become a snare, a trap that makes them think all is well. Let their blessings cause them to stumble and let them get what they deserve. Let their eyes go blind so they cannot see and let their backs be bent forever. Did God's people stumble and fall beyond recovery? Of course not. They were disobedient, so God made salvation available to the Gentiles. But he wanted his own people to become jealous and claim it for themselves. Now, if the Gentiles were enriched because the people of Israel turned down God's offer of salvation, think how much greater a blessing the world will share when they finally accept it. I'm saying all this especially for you Gentiles. God has appointed me as the apostle to the Gentiles. I stress this, for I want somehow to make the people of Israel jealous of what you Gentiles have, so I might save some of them. For since their rejection meant that God offered salvation to the rest of the world, their acceptance will be even more wonderful. It will be life for those who were dead. And since Abraham and the other patriarchs were holy, their descendants will also be holy, just as the entire batch of dough is holy because the portion given as an offering is holy. For if the roots of the tree are holy, the branches will be too." But some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel, have been broken off, and you Gentiles, who were branches from a wild olive tree, have been grafted in. So now you also receive the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children, 
sharing it in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. But you must not brag about being grafted in to replace the branches that were broken off. You are just a branch, not the root. Well, you may say, those branches were broken off to make room for me. Yes, but remember, those branches were broken off because they didn't believe in Christ, and you were there because you do believe. So don't think highly of yourself, but fear what could happen. For if God did not spare the original branches, he won't spare you either. Notice how God is both kind and severe. He is severe toward those who disobeyed, but kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting, you also will be cut off. And if the people of Israel turn from their unbelief, they will be grafted in again, for God has the power to graft them back into the tree. You, by nature, were a branch cut from a wild olive tree. So if God was willing to do something contrary to nature by grafting you into his cultivated tree, he will be far more eager to graft the original branches back into the tree where they belong. Subtitle, God's Mercy is for Everyone. I want you to understand this mystery, dear brothers and sisters, so that you will not feel proud about yourselves. Some of the people of Israel have hard hearts, but this will last only until the full number of Gentiles comes, comes to Christ, and so all Israel will be saved. As the scriptures say, the one who rescues will come from Jerusalem, and he will turn Israel away from God, ungodliness, and this is my covenant with them, that I will take away their sins. Many of the people of Israel are now enemies of the good news, and this benefits you Gentiles. But they are still the people he loves because he chose their ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. Once you Gentiles were rebels against God, but when the people of Israel rebelled against him, God was merciful to you instead. Now they are the rebels, and God's mercy has come to you so that they too will share in God's mercy. For God has imprisoned everyone in disobedience so he could have mercy on everyone. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge! How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways! For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I like that version. Um, I mean, I enjoy the ESV, but uh, the things that I think the uh, the NLT actually brings out is just a little bit different. And, yeah, uh, I liked it yeah. better. Um, and you kind of feel like the characters come out a little bit stronger inside there. You kind of start to see the narrative of what he's bringing uh, with the Elijah story a little bit stronger inside there. But I, I noticed in particular for me, it spoke out into verse 11 and verse 29. And I just want to highlight those two because verse 11 says, did God's people stumble and fall beyond recovery? Of course not. And I just like the way that's phrased instead of, you know, the ESV that says, so So I asked, did they stumble in order that they might fall? I just like the way the NLT actually says that. And then verse 29, um, what did it say there? For God's gifts and his yeah. call can never be withdrawn. Yeah, I just think that's a fantastic verse. For yeah. God's gifts, yeah, and his call can never be withdrawn, which is actually speaks again to the passage as a whole and kind of the culmination of chapters 9, 10, 11, that he's saying, look, even though God called you, you the salvation is open to everybody, you rejected it, you don't get it. Uh, now the Gentiles have been grafted in, you know, with this metaphor of the olive tree, the wild olive tree has been grafted into the tree. Um, don't give up on the Jews who've actually rejected it because God is saying the gift is there and it's for everybody. It's, it's, it's pretty fantastic. I kind of like that. All right, uh, our question for today. 
is this, how easily do I criticize people who don't see things as I do? How easily do I gravitate to a holier-than-thou attitude? And what would Paul say to me when I make myself the focus and standard? Oh my goodness, that's great. Well, first question, very easily. It's pretty easy to criticize people who don't see things the way that we do. What? I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, actually, I think actually you see a, that yeah. everywhere right now in, yeah. in terms of how polarized Hashtag people non-compliance. are. It is mm-hmm. very, very, very easy <laughs> to do that. It's, it's interesting because we just had a big discussion in class yesterday. I'm in a qualitative research class. So one thing you know we're talking about is the whole idea of how you think you know what you think you know. And uh-huh. we, t- we talk a lot about the idea of objectivity. And what's interesting is that qualitative research doesn't claim objectivity. It, it more focuses on you accepting what your biases are and kind of putting those out there hmm. and acknowledging them. Whereas there are other types of research that kind of claim objectivity. And I've been interested lately just in observing on a lot of you know arguments that are taking place on the national stage, how much people will try to claim that they alone are objective or reasonable Mm. in the way that they see information and that other people, their opponents, are biased and Mm. partisan and et cetera. And I think that's just so interesting. It's like it it can't be that all of us uniquely are (laughs) reasonable and unbiased, et cetera. And yet we all, you know, we all obviously are partisan and are biased and have built in ways that we choose to look at at the world. And I I think it just makes more sense to to look around and think, no, other people are not less reasonable than I am. They have chosen a different set of of um, kind of premises that they start their thinking from. Yes. And I'm not more reasonable. Um, I might have decided I like mine better, but I think I still have to admit. I do. Of course, I come from a place of bias. It's not a place of complete objectivity. I'm, I'm a person yeah. just like everybody else. So I, I think... Just admitting that might be one step towards solving the problem, admitting that you were mm. not objective. Um, I, I, I think that's actually true. Uh, in fact, today uh, I'm going to be, um, I mean, today I'm going to be speaking with, you know, with, uh, with Dr. Les Pollard and with Dr. John Pauline. Um, that's right. What time yeah, are you doing that? Like That's um, from 9 a.m. until 1 p.m. Is that EST? Mm-hmm. Okay. Eastern Standard Time. And talking about Adventism at the crossroads. And, uh, and in fact... Are you really speaking for four hours? Well, no, we're not speaking for four hours. We have time You'll for... speak and then people ask yeah, questions? Yeah, time for dialogue and for... What if nobody and asks and any questions? Will you oh, just be sitting there like... I, I think there, there's going to be a lot just of questions. silently like... <laughs> no, there's going to be a lot of Anybody have a question? There's going to be a lot of input and a lot of ideas that people have because... Uh, because the subject matter actually speaks. Do you have a moderator, or yeah, how is that going to work? Jesse Wilson. Okay, so yeah. I was imagining people could just—are they phoning in or are they typing? Um, they're going to be emailing in, and they're going—they're okay. going to be able to speak in as well. Because it could be—it could get really abusive. And it, um, it could of, be. It could that, be. That could be interesting. And, and part of it that they—the—the the area that's going to be touched on, which is remnant theology, which is actually part of this this text speaks to that's sometimes has been used in an interesting way, you know, um, because this speaks of Israel. Some people try to say, well, is this spiritual Israel or is this actually literal Israel? I believe the context actually talks about literal, you know, the Jewish people. Paul's talking about the Jewish Although people here. Although if it's here. spiritual, it makes it a little bit more relevant because if it's literal, then it, there's kind of a so what yeah, factor for so, those of us who have nothing to do with Israel. Well, it's like, well, well, right. there's the significance of it and what the how it matters for us is that God says, I don't, I don't ignore people. 
Mm. Uh, so I actually care about people. I care about people that I called all the way back there, Abraham. Uh, I don't discard people. And that's what this text actually says, 9, 10, 11. So the application is that the gospel, that God's word is good and he grafts and he pulls us in. So there is some some beauty inside there. But hey, our time is up for today. So I'm just going to reiterate these questions, which I think Don's done really great. you got to read the Daily Walk, by the way. Go to boulder.church forward slash daily. And read yeah, this. this is his first yeah. time writing for yeah. us, and it's really good. As the main reflection, um, it's it's really good. So how easily do I criticize people who don't see things as I do? Yeah. How easily do I gravitate to a holier-than-thou attitude? And what would Paul say to me when I wake, make myself the focus and standard? Look after each other, live love, and we will connect tomorrow. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. Hey, if you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.